0: Welcome to Ayumi's podcast. Today we are speaking with the Facts and Figures Committee Chair Philip Graham and Vice Chair Astrid Seltman to talk about the recent Facts and Figures Workshop at the Ayumi Annual Conference. Hello and welcome.
1: Hi. Hello, Katrina.
0: The Facts and Figures Workshop was once again a huge hit at the Ayumi Annual Conference. Philip, what what were the key messages from your presentation?
2: Well, hello everyone. And um, yes, the conference this year was in Seoul, but obviously yet again was a virtual conference. I opened my uh, my comments this year actually looking back a couple of years to our conference in Toronto, and one of the the unfortunate headlines of the conference in Toronto was that I think something like thirty two companies had withdrawn from the market at that point. And then we went to to Stockholm last year, um, unfortunately virtually, and that's when we began to intimate that the market was moving positively in a positive direction and we're hoping to see the results of that and I'm sure Astrid in a second will share share those results with you. But then what was very interesting was that when we came to Seoul uh, even after just a couple of years we're now seeing people emerging back into the marketplace with at least five people entering the market which is staggering in that relatively short amount of time. I suppose another takeaway um, from my standpoint was you know Undeniably, COVID has had a huge influence on the world, but also on trade over the last couple of years. And as a statistics, a facts and figures statistics committee, we look at trends. And one of the challenges that we've all had is looking at trends with this incredibly anomalous year and a half or 18 months. And that's that's been a challenge. But what was evident from the information that we had seen was how quickly the world economy has recovered and rebounded as a result of COVID. And I suppose one of the takeaways was that it has rebounded but, but in different sectors in different ways. For example, you know, the the movement of, of containers around the world rebounded to pre COVID. 2019 levels after only five months after march 2020 that perceived kind of d-day or zero hour of covid however you know the oil industry on the other on the other hand still hasn't responded in the same set um, in the same way and we're expecting that to lag by another further six months and very well publicized the the cruise industry is returning to active service so to speak but we don't think that that will return to 2019 levels until well into 2022 maybe beyond and all of these supply and demand dynamics have caused you know, huge fluctuations in the shipping market, with some being highly, highly profitable and highly successful, the container market being one of those, and and the bulk of market. And then conversely, the tanker market has seen huge fluctuations going from some of the highest rates that we have seen historically over the last 20 years to now some of the lowest rates we've seen in the last 20 years, all within a 12-month window. So all in all, within this environment, you know, it's been a, it's been a fascinating couple of years from a statistical standpoint. Um, and as a committee and as IUMI, many things have changed. And I suppose one of the focuses that we've had, which is very different to the focus we had 24 months ago, was our concentration and everyone's concentration on the issue around ESG. And one of the challenges that we have as an, as an organisation is to raise awareness for ESG, but also to back that by suitable statistics. And that's been a challenge for us this year, a challenge we've taken on, but a challenge which is only going to grow and our involvement in that issue and, and hopefully our reporting of that issue to you will enhance over the next coming years.
0: Thank you, Philip. That's great every year certain core figures are collected and analysed about the global marine insurance market. What were the main trends derived from the 2020 data overall?
1: Thank you, katrina That's uh, exactly as Phil already hinted. What we have seen, what already started in 2019 was some increase in the um, overall volume, particularly in the cargo and hull markets, and also some uh, positive trend in the results. Now, we have to, of course, keep in mind that when I show the overall premium volume, that is made up of two components. So, I mean, one component is the overall insurable volume in the world, which would be the world trade uh, volume and values for for the cargo, or it would be the... um, size of the world fleet for for the Hull business, or it would be the energy objects, which are active everywhere in the world uh, for for the offshore energy business. And this is coupled with the premium you get per individual risk. So, of course, the overall global volume is made up of the total volume, which is available to be insured in the world in connection with the price you get per risk. And and so it's uh, one of my favorites uh, or the three favorite graphs I like to show is when you compare the development of the premium with the development of the world trade volume and values uh, for the cargo premium or where you compare the hull premium to the development of the world fleet and the average insured values of the vessels because it's in these index slides where we really see if the development hangs together so and the same is also for the energy where where it makes sense to, to compare the overall energy premium to the development of the oil price and the number of active mobile units in in the oil industry. So, uh, and and that is quite an interesting development. And we, we have seen a somewhat positive trend now in 2019, 2020. In, uh, in the sense that we have some increase in some increase in the income, and we also had in connection with that uh, a uh, relatively low claims impact both cargo, hull, and energy. And this, uh, but this low claims impact that's also refers in a way to what Phil already said. We have had some disruption, disruption in two thousand twenty, and part of this low claims impact also is connected to reduced activity in some of the shipping segments, particularly last year at was Uh, the container segment, which was uh, relatively inactive in periods of 2020, but which has recovered very much after that, and uh, while the cruise segment still is relatively inactive uh, this day today. So uh, all, all this hangs together, and I think we'll talk a little bit more about that afterwards. But in all, we have seen a relatively positive trend recently. And uh, now our challenge is to make that last and may uh, turn into some sustainable uh, future for the industry.
0: Thank you, Astrid. That's fantastic. You mentioned obviously the positive kind of improvement and the, the positive trends that happened for the cargo and hull underwriting results. What would you say are the key trends for the hull, cargo and offshore energy markets? Sure.
1: Yes, for the, uh, if you start with the cargo market, as as I said, we have seen some increase in, in the premium volume and we also saw some improvement in the results. What is uh, the underlying thing, of course, is that, that the world trade recovered much more quickly than we expected last year. So we saw this ditch last year in connection with, with the COVID when uh, world trade dipped. And, uh, but it has been recovering much more quickly than it was uh, expected last year. So that means there has been more volume to insure again and uh, a premium increase somewhat. So um, we, we have not had these big claims uh, uh, last uh, the last year either. So, so we have a relatively positive Result, but but still, what what is quite interesting actually? Each each year when we have the conference, there there is some hurricane going over the U.S. Uh, shortly before the conference, of which we don't know the consequences yet. So in the meantime, I have been reading that Hurricane Ida probably has caused quite a bit of damage to. Um, yeah, this will probably impact both cargo and and the offshore energy business. Yeah, talking about offshore energy, as uh, this has been a relative. Fragile balance. The last years, So the, the premium volume was in strong decline after the oil price went down. Then there has been some interesting development in the oil price, which because it dropped to a very low level last year, but that was only a very short time. And then after that, the oil the oil price has been recovering and is still on the rise. So there may be some new activity, um, but the. Decline of the premium volume, which we have seen over a couple of years, has stopped, and there has, seems to be some small increase in 2020. And then also in the offshore energy, there was relatively modest claims impact the last couple of years. That meaning that despite the Decline and premium in the previous years. There was still uh, well okay results because of the low claims impact. As I said, that may possibly change for 2021. Now with Hurricane Ida, uh, when we see the final results, so that remains to be seen. And uh, for the hull, there has been on the income side, there has been positive development in twi- uh, 2019 and 2020. But this also needs to be seen in connection with that. There was uh, the the hull market was in a relatively devastating state. Date the years before. So when when you compare like this index where you compare the global high premium to the development of the world fleet and the size of the values and the insured values, there has been an increasing gap, which was quite wide. And now it's there is a small return to, to that. This gap is closing a little bit, but, but there is still a large gap. So, so we are not yet there where we would like to be in the end to have a sustainable market. But uh, also in Hull, we have had a a very modest claims impact the last year, and that also needs to be seen uh, in connection with a special situation by COVID that parts of the world fleet, and especially the high-value sector like Container vessels and and particularly cruise vessels was comparatively inactive and, and when they were less active, we had less claims. So uh, with the current activity in the container market, I would expect that by the end of the year, probably the um, claims frequency and coast impact will normalize more. So that is something we need to, to take in mind also. But uh, in in general, this has looked relatively positive now for for a year or so at least. So, So let's hope the best.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Astrid. And kind of following on from that, I mean, Ayumi reported an improvement in the marine insurance market. Philip, do you see this continuing for a sustainable longer term recovery?
2: Yeah, no, that's a that's a million dollar question, and and also a question to a degree is not really in the remit of of RUBI to to respond really in some respects. I mean, one thing that we that we don't ever talk about is is pricing within within RUBI. but obviously you know the maintenance of that is 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 part of that equation. So, but what what I would say is that what's very different about this cycle to the last cycle, in a good way is the fact that we have access to vastly more data now than we ever had before. Now, with, with that gives us the ability to assess our risk better, but it also creates a lot more visibility around your own results and also the sectors which are performing and the sectors which aren't performing as well. And therefore, when capital providers start looking at the marine industry now, we, we benefit from the data in order to improve the underwriting, but we also have much greater visibility and accountability as a result of that data. So we're hoping that the balance of those two things will ensure a more sustainable
0: future. Thank you. That's, that's brilliant. As ever, there are many factors which impact marine insurance results. Astrid, what do you regard as the most relevant recent claims and portfolio trends which insurers need to monitor?
1: Yeah, the one thing is, is what I talked about before. It's, of course, the insurable volume, which, which is relevant for the total volume we can insure. So it's absolutely, if you want to look a little bit into the future, it's, it's interesting, of course, to follow the, um, forecasts uh, by like, for example, the International Monetary Fund and other OECD, whatever, uh, who will come with forecasts for, for global trade, because, uh, global trade, the values, the volumes and, and things like that, because that's, this Will of course, give an indication on what we can ensure as a market, as a, as a total volume, then it's I mean, it's increasingly interesting to, from from the hull perspective, to follow the activity levels of the vessels because as we see some connection with the activity level of a vessel and the claims impact. So, if you want to have an idea of what the potential claims impact is going forward, it's uh, interesting. One thing is, of course, it's interesting to look at the historical claims, and but then, uh, of course, the technologies are changing and and uh, the environment is changing. So, so something which is relatively new. But I think getting increasingly more interesting is looking at the activity level, where is the vessel going? Is it going more in the sea or more along the shores and, and into different areas and things like that? And and also what what is like the average speed, for example, of the vessel that also has some impact? As we we did some research from uh, site last year, where we compared the average speed of uh, for, for bulk container. Um, tank vessels to to the uh, claims frequency, and also there seems to be some connection between when when the average speed is lower that you have less claims impact from a frequency side, And uh, such things are interesting to monitor, and they may give you some idea also of of future claims impact. There's one very important thing I haven't mentioned yet, that is uh, fires. So that is something we have been monitoring for a couple of years now. And that is also, as we have in general, last couple of years seen a positive trend for claims frequency and also claims cost, with one exception, and that was fires, and uh, particularly fires on large container vessels, but also fires in general, which have not shown a declining claims frequency and not in uh, 2020 either when we had an exceptional dip in the claims frequency for other types of casualties. So uh, that is definitely one thing we are going to monitor also going forward, and that is not getting less relevant because uh, there are more and more large container vessels, not the least, and, and large vessels in all, where firefighting may pose more challenges than other things. Then, of course, also in connection to what uh, Phil said about ESG, the one thing is, of course, we are in a, in a big transition now in the shipping industry with uh, with uh, new propulsion types being developed, small vessels getting Uh, getting battery-powered propulsion going as hybrid, vessels, we have new fuel types, which were already introduced last year. And that is, of course, something we also need to monitor. We don't have much claims experience from that yet, which we can build on, but we, we need, of course, to monitor that going forward, also how this will impact casualty trends going forward. Then there's also one thing which may be relevant for this year's claims impact possibly is that the uh, steel price has increased quite a bit. And that may have, of course, effect on hull repairs going on in 2021. So there may be some expectation that uh, claims impact in 2021 may not be as positive as in 2020, both with regard to the increased activity again and also to that uh, some things which impact claims costs are increased now. We have, of course, new shipping lanes, which, which we have to monitor as well. I go more whether it's going like in Arctic areas and things like that. So uh, it's uh, it's a lot of issues which which are interesting to monitor, but but that makes it also a bit exciting, of course, now because we <laughs> we have uh, each year we have new uh, challenges to look at, and that makes it, of course, also more exciting to think about what we are going to transmit then at the conferences. And from the, so perhaps last not least, from the portfolio side, of course, as we have talked about the global trade volume and values, the growth of the global fleet, then we will have, well, different technologies and new vessel types we have to monitor. There have been quite strong differences now between different vessel segments also, particularly last year, uh, because of these, they reacted very differently to the COVID situation, so so uh, different vessel types may pose quite different risks, and well, the oil price is is rising again, so that may induce new um, activity pot- potentially going forward. And also, the offshore energy is uh, looking into new areas such as offshore wind, which also Phil talked about in his presentation, or possibly offshore fishing farms and things like that. So there may be new new objects with different types of risks again. And uh, yeah, last night not least, it's interesting to see what happens with uh, these hurricanes now and what the final effect of that may be.
0: Thank you, Astrid. Thank you. And one final question for our listeners. Philip, how do you see the market developing over the next year? And what are the main areas that marine insurers need to focus on?
2: The crystal ball question. Actually, um, Astrid, not surprisingly, has articulated a lot of the challenges um, that the marine insurance industry are going to have going forward. And... And I think the I think the first challenge is is ESG. ESG is going to be a huge, huge challenge for the industry because as Astrid alluded to, we're going to have to insure new technologies, which previously we haven't insured before. But we need to be supportive of our owners. So we need to develop new products around the ESG challenge as we all try and reduce our own and and corporate carbon footprint. And also we we also can't be lulled into this false sense of security that we've had maybe in the last couple of years. I mean, there are some serious challenges ahead. Historically, when we look back, there's a strong correlation between increased trade and losses. And, you know, no greater than during the uh, the booming 05, 06, 07 years, when there was huge instance of, of marine loss directly resulting from increased average speeds for example you know when you're when you're earning a lot on the vessel there's a huge desire and economic desire to drive that vessel harder and faster because you're earning a considerable amount from you from your charters so on one hand we you know we we encourage our owners and, and hope that our owners are generating profits but at the same time with that comes temptations to drive the vessels faster and harder and with that become potentials for, new, for losses and we need to be aware of that and we talk about containers in the, in the same light there are for want for a better word, a shortage of containers in the market in comparison to the demand. And that simple demand and supply equation is why the, uh, the charge rates for containers are at are incredible high levels. But with that it means that our, the containers and the container vessels are now fully laden. Now, fully laden vessels, there was a wonderful presentation, Ayumi, if you get a chance to look at it, of um, showing, the, showing the forces that are applied to, uh, to a container. Um, stacked on a twenty thousand um, TEU container vessel, and the, the forces on those those containers on the outside are phenomenal, and the impact that that can have to uh, to losses and to stability is is interesting. Also, I think some of the challenges ahead. Um, data, as I said, is incredibly important to our industry going forward, but we'll also highlight some challenges now. We are beginning to get to the point where we know what our aggregation is on a particular container vessel. Historically, bizarrely, this industry didn't know that. You know, we—if um, you asked any cargo insurer, you know, what have you, what have you got on the Ever Given? They went, hmm, "No idea." But now we have a capability to have a very good idea of what that might be. And when you know something, you can't not know it. So, what 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 do you do as an insurer when you suddenly find out that you have X? X millions on a vessel in excess of what you thought your maximum lines were. Very interesting. Whether well, that opens up new markets for reinsurance and insurance as a result. So our awareness, our awareness is going to increase. With that awareness, will become opportunities, and with those opportunities, you know, insurance should hopefully flourish. I think I mean, ignorance, ignorance is not the answer. So the more the more we know, the better we can analyze our, our portfolios, and hopefully we can we can have a sustainable future going forward. with meeting all of these challenges.
0: Thank you. That's brilliant and, and a, good, a good place to end on. So I'd like to just take this opportunity to thank both Philip and Astrid for taking the time today to speak with me. Thank you both. And um, till next time.